A From Dublin to Cleveland Production. Hey friends, how are you today? It is your host, with the most, nope, not Logan Howard, he's off saving the world for Jesus. Today it is just me, Brendan Thomas Marrett. So welcome to our halved version of From Dublin to Cleveland. You're all very, very welcome. And I hope that you've had a super special, awesome, wonderful week. That this episode really sets you up to enjoy your weekend. And that you have a prosperous and exciting week ahead of you. Alright, so since Logan is not here to play a game, you are the contenders. I'm going to play a game with you called... Florida Man, Bible Headlines. <laughs> so I'm going to read headlines of my own creation. All of them are related to Bible stories. However, instead of giving you names like Jesus, Bartholomew, Doubting Thomas, Pontius Pilate, instead I'm going to say Florida Man. <laughs> you have to guess what story from the Bible that I'm indicating. Send us your predictions to from Dublin to Cleveland at gmail.com or if you're watching the Facebook version of this, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> that's not where I post it. <laughs> well, it is on Facebook actually. What I meant to say though was YouTube. <laughs> By all means, you can write your predictions and guesses on YouTube, but also on Facebook. We have one of those now. Yeah, it's, it's still quite new. I just keep forgetting it exists. <laughs> All right. Here's the first one. Florida man with crushed testicles cut off from assembly of the Lord. <laughs> Florida man with crushed testicles cut off from assembly of the Lord. Now, some of you might be thinking, the hell kind of game is this? It's all based on the Bible, people. <laughs> You might think it sounds peculiar, but it, got, it mattered enough to God to leave it in. <laughs> Alright, next one. Florida man fails to perform brotherly duty. Killed. <laughs> Florida man fails to perform brotherly duty. Killed. What Bible story is that? What the citation? Where is it found? Okay, the next one. Gosh, this book of the Bible. There's just so much in it. So many mad things. That uh, for this one, I don't need a citation. The other book will do. There are too many gems in this one to have shortened it. Um, so hopefully this one-liner is sufficient. Stoned Florida man <laughs> sees winged eagle, ox, lion man. And bruh, with long ruler, then time travels. <laughs> Stoned Florida man sees winged eagle, ox, lion man, and bruh, with long ruler, then time travels. <laughs> Who in the Bible is that describing? Actually, there may be more than one answer to that one. 
Okay, number four. Same Floridian religion that says ghosts are not real. Spread misinformation about ghost sightings on Lake. <laughs> Some of you might think, ghosts? The hell kind of Christian channel is this? But once it clicks with you, you'll be like, patting yourself on the back. Same Floridian religion that says ghosts are not real. Spread misinformation about ghost sightings on Lake. Number five. Florida man loses foreskin after attacked by wife's flint knife, then call bridegroom. <laughs> this is one of those awkward scenes that I'm very, very happy did not make it into a movie that we've actually reviewed on this channel. <laughs> Florida man loses foreskin after attacked by wife's flint knife. Then call bridegroom. There is a undoubtedly an analogy in there of us being covered by the blood of Christ and becoming part of the bridegroom, but it's still pretty nasty. Okay, the sixth one. Floridian shrimp trades two hundred foreskins for princess. Those of you who are not saying, I know the answer, are thinking, what is this dude's obsession with foreskins? It's in the Bible, people. <laughs> Number six. Floridian shrimp trades 200 foreskins for princess. <laughs> oh, gosh, the hell kind of book have I pledged my life to? Number seven. Floridian man... Finds fountain. Citizenship. Revoked. <laughs> if you're under 18, don't go looking for that one. <laughs> Floridian man. Finds fountain. Citizenship. Revoked. <laughs> oh, I love the Bible. It's great. It's gas. Number eight. Floridian man walks. Doesn't. <laughs> Those of you who are thinking that that's uh, for the healing of the paraplegic, it's not. It really, really isn't. Floridian man walks, doesn't. Okay, the ninth one. Bald Floridian man rescued from youth gang by mauling bear. <laughs> There's only one such story in the Bible, people. Bald Floridian man. Rescued from youth gang by mauling bear. And last but not least, number 10. Floridian man betrays BFF who brought back mother-in-law from death's door. <laughs> I know this looks like a corny 1990s pastor's joke. I do apologize. <laughs> Floridian man betrays BFF, who brought back mother-in-law from death's door. Awesome. Okay, guys, hopefully your Bible trivia-esque minds got all ten of those 
do send your responses to from Dublin to Cleveland at gmail.com or send them to us on all the social media pages or even drop your predictions onto this video on YouTube. And uh, let's see which of our listeners and or viewers has the most profound knowledge, revelation, understanding, and memory concerning the Word of God <laughs> and its wonderful, wonderful stories. <clears throat> ah, super. Okay, guys, let's move into a time of the Word. In Genesis chapter 3, we're told that on God's holy mountain, in which there was a garden called Eden, more like a temple garden, really, where the Lord would come and dwell with Adam and Eve, called the man and the woman at the time, that there were two trees in the middle of the garden. Now, the garden was full of trees, and the man was told that he could eat from any of them. But there were two very special ones with supernatural aspects or essences in the middle. One of them was the tree of life. And after the fall, when Adam and Eve were given the boot, the reason that they were kicked out was so that they would not ingest of the tree of life. So it had supernatural properties for the elongation of human life, possibly even quasi-immortality giving properties. But there was another tree there as well. And that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve were innocent of evil. They had no experiential knowledge of it insofar as they had not committed it. They had not come into agreement with it. And they were given one rule. Don't eat that tree's fruit. But in the fullness of time, they were both found hanging around it. And with an act of their will, in defiance of the Lord's instruction, they reached out and they ate of its fruit. And that wasn't the first sin pride was. Disobeying God, reaching out and grabbing the fruit and eating it was a manifestation of something that was already happening in the heart. The Lord had said eating the fruit would bring about the death sentence or death penalty. Yet listen to how Eve spoke to the serpent. <laughs> she had told him that God had said, oh, even touching the tree would prove fatal, which was an exaggeration. She exaggerated how harsh the Lord was in his instructions and his commands. So the rebellion was already in the heart. And this tree, which perhaps provided balance, or really and truly displayed for all to see that humans were not robots, that we had a choice to choose the Lord, to pursue the Lord. But they chose rebellion. 
in the beginning, the Lord made man and woman in his image. And in that moment, they returned the favor. And people have been doing it ever since. But about 4,000 years later, on the cross of Calvary, on a tree that was shaped like a crucifix, that looked like it represented sickness, pain, suffering, and death. Well, that cross actually became the tree of life. It is how you and I have crossed over from spiritual death to spiritual life. And at some point in the future, whether it's if we're here for the rapture or even if we're in heaven, because of that cross, we will be glorified. Our spiritual bodies in heaven will take on physical flesh. No fatness, better bodies than we've ever had on earth. And if we're on the earth at the time, what is perishable will be made imperishable, shining new, and be transported to glory to the Lord's house, the Father's house, the world of heaven. And Revelation 22 says that he will remake planet Earth. We're not going to live in heaven forever. That's a lie you've been sold, people. We're coming back to Earth eventually. Because that was always his will, that we be tripartite beings with a spirit, a soul, and a body living on Earth. And we're told that the river of life will flow from the Father's throne. I don't know about your Bible, but in mine, the last subchapter of the Bible is called Eden Restored. So I can only assume that's what it was like back when Adam and Eve were on the earth. The river of life flowing from the Father's throne to Eden, then dividing into the four streams that are recorded in early Genesis. But in Revelation 22, on either side of the river of life, you don't find the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Only the tree of life. The opportunity, the desire, the will, the whim to betray lo the Lord, to step out of his will, to break his commands, to give the middle finger, to bugger off and do your own thing, it won't be in your soul anymore. It'll be a thing of the past, totally gone. These days like dust. On either side of the river of life, there'll only be the tree of life. A tree always in season, whose fruit is always good. And you can ingest of it forever and ever. With no fear of sickness, shame, slipping up, disappointing the Lord or those close to you, or being seen as less than, no tiptoeing around in guilt and shame, afraid of being caught out, afraid that your past might be brought up and thrown in your face. It won't be there, it won't be in the new earth. So the pain you're currently going through, I get it, friend. 
we were born into a world at war, a world at sick, depraved, and violent. And all these things pre-existed us. They will still be there to some degree after we're gone. But the Lord has already been to the very end. He knows how it ends. And he's working it out every day. So whatever you've done, whatever you're currently struggling with, know that a day is coming <laughs> when that will not be part of your future. It will not be part of your present. It will not even be on your mind. And these days will be like dust. So begin to regard them as such. Regard your sin issue as dust. Turn your back on it. Walk away. Let bygones be bygones. Whatever you said and did ten years ago does not have to be part of your present or your future. It was cancelled at the cross of Jesus. He took it on himself. He paid the punishment. He paid the penalty for the crime against a holy God. He said it's finished. He's not judging you, so don't judge yourself. Leave it in the grave. He did. And choose now, today, to walk an abundant life in the freedom that only his Holy Spirit can give. And you keep on walking out your destiny. Keep walking out your pursuit of happiness. Keep walking out your purpose. Thinking you're in your mind that ahead of you is a double portion <laughs> of life, a double portion of the tree of life. You don't have to be caught between life and the struggle of good and evil. Choose what's good, turn from evil, hate the evil, reject the evil, pursue the good. Don't carry evil into your tomorrow. Don't let it dominate the rest of your day. Make a decision right now to step on it, to stamp on it, to tread it into the dirt. Because that's what it is. Evil's not your friend. It's trying to destroy you, to kill you, to wreck you. But his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. He empowers you to live a holy life. A life set apart onto our God. And you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And just keep that beautiful picture in your mind of a world so much better than this. The river of life flowing down from the throne of God onto the new Jerusalem. And on either side, only a tree of life. No darkness, no malice, no deficiency, no abominations, no pride, no murder, no corruption. And you find hope in that. You take strength from that. It will do your heart good. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, guys, well, I hope that blessed your heart. Have a super rest of your weekend. And I really do mean that. Enjoy it. Cream it for all the happiness that the Lord has 
prepared for you and outlines for you. For those of you in the US, have a very happy 4th of July and congratulations on the initial stages of the abortion of abortion. We are living in exciting, incredible days, people. And as I keep on telling y'all, let praise be ever found in your lips. Celebrate. I need a lot of ice cream. <laughs> My brother got me a hug and ass just before I started filming this. I'm going to enjoy the rest of it now. So uh, my weekends will be pretty great. See you later, friends. Have a great day.